0: Deuteronomy 13, and we're still with Moses and his great speech. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you, and he gives you a sign and a wonder, and the sign and the wonder comes to pass, of which he has spoken, saying, let's follow other gods which you have not known, and let's serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or to the dreamer of dreams, For Yahweh your God is testing you to know whether you love Yahweh your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after Yahweh your God, fear him, keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and cling to him. That prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken rebellion against Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to draw you aside out of the way which Yahweh your God commanded you to walk in, so you shall remove the evil from among you. If your brother, the son of your mother, or the son, or your son, or your daughter, or the wife of your bosom, or your friend, who is as your own soul, entices you secretly, saying, Let's go and serve other gods which you have not known, you nor your fathers of the gods of the peoples who are around you, near to you or far off from you, from the one end of the earth, even to the other end of the earth, you shall not consent to him nor listen to him, neither shall your eye pity him, neither shall you spare, neither shall you conceal him, but you shall surely kill him. Your hands shall be first on him to put him to death and afterward the hands of all the people." You shall stone him to death with stones because he has sought to draw you away from Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. All Israel shall hear and fear and shall not do any more wickedness like this among you. If you hear about one of your cities which Yahweh your God gives you to dwell there, that certain wicked fellows have gone out from among the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let's go and serve other gods which you have not known, then you shall inquire, investigate and ask diligently. Behold, if it is true and the thing certain that such abomination was done among you, you shall surely strike the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, destroying it utterly with all that is therein and its livestock with the edge of the sword. You shall gather all its pl- plunder into the middle of the street and shall burn with fire the city with all of its plunder to Yahweh your God. It shall be a heap of forever it shall not be built again nothing of the devoted thing shall cling to your hand that Yahweh may turn from the fierceness of his anger and show you mercy and have compassion on you to multiply you as he has sworn to your fathers when you listen to Yahweh your God's voice to keep all his commandments which I command you today to do that which is right in Yahweh your God's eyes This chapter sounds really serious, and the truth is it is serious. It just gives these three examples. One of a prophet who performs a true prophecy or a true sign, but then uses that as proof to try to take people away from God. The passage says, kill that person and don't follow them. The second example was of a family member, a relative, a son or a daughter, who tries to entice you away from God. It said, stone them. And the third was of a city that tried to turn away and follow after other gods, it said destroy that city and have nothing more to do with it. These three examples are all examples of people who try to entice the Israelites away from following God. Now, it does sound cruel to just be so harsh and kill. And today in the world, we've got a religion that's a bit like that. This is the religion of Islam, where if you know, maybe not in the West so much. And I've met Muslims who are incredibly friendly and nice and I like them. But you do hear examples of this in say Pakistan where someone stops following uh, you know, their God, Allah, and they stone them to death. So this type of a thing does happen and it seems cruel and wrong. Now, we're not saying that what they do in Islam is right. I do not think it is right. Um, but what we're talking about here was this nation of Israel, they were in the land, the Lord had shown them that he was the Lord of all, and this was this was a civic rule, this was a rule for their country, and um, as far as I know, there are actually no examples of this being carried out, and it's like a lot of these laws that seem so harsh, there's not really any examples of them actually being fulfilled, um, but they do demonstrate to us the seriousness with which we have to treat these things. Now, I heard a story, and it may or may not be someone I'm related to, and I'm not saying it is, but I heard of a story of some people I know that visited the Grand Canyon <laughs> in America, Colorado. And, you know, as they are coming, Colorado, the Grand Canyon is so well known for deaths. You know, people, they want to get close to the edge and look over and they fall off. I've got a book at home called Death in the Grand Canyon and I read like two chapters and it's just story after story and I got sick of it because the whole book is like that. And it's just all the same thing, people dying in the Grand Canyon. Well, this, this story that I heard was of this family that they were going to see the Grand Canyon and the father of this family, he knew how the children would get very curious and wanna go right to the edge. <laughs> so he threatened them in advance and he says, you shall not go near the edge. You know, if you do, you'll be you'll be in big big trouble. And so, of course, when they get to the Grand Canyon, what happens? One of the little kids just has to go right up to the edge and look over because it's so tempting. Well, of course, the dad gets a hold of that kid, and drags him back and gives him a big spanking. You might think, "Why on earth?" But no, it's because it was just so serious and the the father knew that in the mind of that child it had to be serious for the sake of that child. So what we've got here is passages like this one we've just read, where the Lord is trying to show the Israelites that these things are just so serious, you've got to, you've got to take your following of the Lord so seriously and um, that you will have nothing to do with any other God. It, and it really is that serious. If you contemplate eternity, if you contemplate life you know, forever, cut off from the presence of God. I mean, it really is that serious. And so you've got things like this in scriptures, which highlight to us the seriousness of it all. They should cause us to fear the Lord now, rather than scorn or mock, as some people, um, you know, inclined to do. You know, I've heard stories of people with cancer, and uh, like, say, someone with, um, you know, cancer of, uh, someone with breast cancer, for example, and and um, the surgeons say we recommend, you know, a full mastectomy. You know, they're gonna they're gonna operate and completely remove the breasts. Or it could be a man, you know, we're gonna completely remove the prostate or you know, different parts of the body. They recommend complete removal because they want to make sure the cancer might only be this big, but they'll take this much, you know, they'll cut. They want to make sure they are removing every tiny bit of cancer because if they don't, the person will die. Well this is the seriousness of it is that that these other gods in this land of, of, of Canaan were so tempting. Like we, we just can't really position ourselves there. We don't know what it's like. We live in a world that has completely changed. We live in a in a world where um, you know it, it's just really not possible to compare what it was like. But you, you think of the most tempting thing you can hardly struggle to overcome. You think of a young teenager, let's say a 13 or 14-year-old boy, that he gets given an, an uncensored internet connection, What's the, and that kid's curious, let's say, about pornography. Now, you can't imagine the temptation that's on a, on a young man like that. Well, you know, it's, we're not comparing the same thing, but we're just saying that the temptation that was on these Israelites, well, the Lord has, it's for their own safety. You think of a young man that gets so caught up in pornography; it's nearly impossible to get to get over that addiction and habit. And we, we've seen stories. Um, there are a whole entire ministries devoted to helping young men, and now it's a problem for young women as well. And um, so, it's it's hard to overcome addictions and things like this. Drug addictions, people struggle so much to overcome them, and it's nearly impossible without the grace of God. And so the Lord, you know, he, he puts these chapters in the Bible before they go into the promised land to just make it seem so serious to help them. I remember with my kids, you know, I've got seven children, but with my older ones, we decided one night we were going to uh, lay down the law with drugs. <laughs> and I thought, you know, how are we going to do it? Because you could just say, drugs are bad, don't do drugs. But all that would do would, would make them be more interested and um, what we did was we ended up doing some research into different types of drugs that were out there, and we came across this drug called Crocodile. It was, really, it was a really popular drug in Europe and in Russia, but this drug caused people's skin to rot and fall off. And there were pictures on, on, on Google Images that were so ghastly, people with holes right through their skin from this drug use but this drug was so addictive, but it literally destroyed people. But well, we had this session one night with our older children for half an hour, where we talked to them about drugs and showed them these pictures. Our kids were aghast, <laughs> and like they're all adults now, and none of them do drugs. And um, I don't know that that was the cure in their case, but the point was we had to make it seem so serious to help them. And well, the Lord is trying to do that right here through Moses's words. He's trying to make it so serious. Sadly, it, it, you know, it, it, it didn't really work. And that's what the history, history of the Bible is. It's not really until King Josiah that the truth and the reality of this very book, Deuteronomy, starts to sink in. But by then, it's too late. The Babylonians are coming. They go off to exile, and in exile, you've got Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've got really good men in exile that follow the Lord unswervingly. You know, Daniel, he says... We will not eat the meat sacrificed to idols. I mean, where does that come from? so firm about doing what the Lord wants. Well, they sure could have used that type of determination, you know, 700 years earlier. (laughs) But they didn't. They did not. Well, But these passages in Moses, you know, these are the types of passages that eventually get into the hearts and minds of people like Daniel and so firm them in the way of the Lord. They speak to us today. It's not that we are going to kill people who entice us, um, but it it shows us how seriously we need to cut out the cancer that would lead us away from the Lord, and so our eyes will be focused on him alone. Father in heaven, I ask you to help us. Help us to follow you with such a clear determination that nothing else will stand in the way of us worshipping you and putting you first. Lord, let grace be given to us to be your people wholeheartedly, I pray in Jesus' name.